Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Certain things just go together better, like peanut butter and jelly, apple pie and ice cream, or the comfort and support found in a DreamCloud hybrid mattress with its combination of memory foam and springs. DreamCloud is a luxury mattress made with premium materials at half the price of traditional hybrid mattresses. Perfectly comfortable sleep is about more than just the mattress you sleep on. And that's why every DreamCloud also comes with $399 in accessories. Plus get $200 off, a 365-night home trial, free shipping and returns, and a forever warranty. Go to dreamcloudsleep.com and start getting hotel-level comfort and support in your very own home. The new year is a great time to reset your relationship with your emotions. We all experience things that don't feel so good. Stuff like sadness, anxiety, burnout, and guilt. But in 2022, I want to help you look at these emotions in a new light. I'm Dr. Laurie Santos. In the new season of my podcast, The Happiness Lab, I'll show you that the path to happiness actually involves embracing your negative emotions and listening to the important things they have to say. So listen to The Happiness Lab in the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The man who was shot while walking Lady Gaga's dog has spoken out about how she's supporting him. Kiki Palmer apologized to the Met Gala chef for posting an unappetizing photo of his food. And Big Brother superfan Mari Forth joins us to talk about the show's racist history and how this season's cookout alliance is fighting back against it. It's September 17th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So to kick things off, Ryan Fisher, who you might remember was the man who was shot while walking Lady Gaga's dogs earlier this year, has opened up about the experience and why he started a GoFundMe. He told Gail King that after he was attacked, Lady Gaga flew his family, as well as trauma therapists, out to see him, adding, quote, I stayed at her house for months while friends comforted me and security was around me. But after Ryan started the GoFundMe, many people speculated that Lady Gaga wasn't helping him as much as she should be. He explained, LG is very supportive of my journey right now, and I I think it's hard for people to understand why someone would go about healing in this way. I grew up Catholic in the Jesuit faith, Mm -hmm. and there's something about giving up your resources, giving up belongings and to contribute back to society. Mm-hmm. And so I know that doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but she totally gets it. Yeah. So basically he came out with this stance that, you know, he's not a materialistic person and he's not after some big payout uh, from Lady Gaga and that what he wants to do moving forward is to travel around and like meet with some trauma therapists and spiritual leaders and people who have been through big, scary moments in life. So he started to go fund me to collect uh, money for that. 
But he says he does not want like some multi-million dollar check from Lady Gaga. Right, right. And I also want to say like for people like making these assumptions or like calling out Lady Gaga for not helping him. I'm like, oh God, it's such this double-edged sword where it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And by that, I mean say explicitly what you've done to help someone it's clear that she has been helping him and it's just like i'm sorry that she didn't like get on a stage and announce that to everyone you know right you know i mean i don't know if people were picturing that she was gonna show up with like a big publisher's clearinghouse check in some balloons (laughs) to be like here's five million dollars i do hope like he didn't say this in the interview but i do hope and believe that she would have covered all of his medical bills and that the GoFundMe is just for things he wants to do next in his life while he heals. Um, do I think Lady Gaga should still like set up a, a nice account for him? Yes. Um, I don't know if he's done that or not. As you said, Casey, it's not really our business, but I hope behind the scenes that is happening too. All right. So moving on, if you've seen the photo Kiki Palmer posted of her Met Gala meal, you know it didn't look particularly appealing to the point that people were comparing it to the cheese sandwich from Firefest. After the chef in charge of the menu, Marcus Samuelson, told TMC the food was, quote, delicious and the post-gala feedback was incredible, Kiki tweeted an apology saying, quote, I just have different taste buds. I love this chef. Sorry to this man. <laughs> oh boy, she's going to get she's going to get a lot of use out of that phrase. <laughs> I know she really is. I mean, listen, it, it's it's not the most polite thing to like make fun of the food at a party, but I do think it's worth pointing out that this is a party that costs $30,000 a person to attend. So to me, it kind of feels like punching up to make fun of it. Right, right, right. Like it wasn't directed specifically at the chef. It's directed at like the fact of this whole party and that's what they were served. And it's just like a piece of like, she didn't have much on her plate, but it looked like a little bit of (laughs) grains, some tomatoes, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't like the most ringing endorsement for like spending your life savings to go to the Met Gala. I will say she really did that chef like no favors with the photography because... And I'm sure you've all experienced this. Like you can do a lot with lighting and angles to make food look really, really good or really, really bad. I do think she might want to consider her own photography skills and the way that might have played into this whole debacle. <laughs> okay, so Steven, I'm I am so beyond excited for today's interview. I am not a big Big Brother fan because I just like never got into it when I was younger. But our coworker Christian Zamora, who's the head of celeb for BuzzFeed, he loves Big Brother more than life itself. And he was telling me about this incredible season. So here's some background. After more than 20 years, Big Brother is finally making history. The current season will be the first in 23 seasons with a black winner. And it's all thanks to an alliance called The Cookout. Big Brother fanatic and Rob has a podcast correspondent, Mari Forth, is here with us today to break down the show's history and explain what exactly the cookout is. Hi, Mari. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Casey. I'm so excited to be here. I Wow, I'm shocked. I'm here and I'm ready to talk Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, we we are so ready. And for listeners at home, I need everyone to know that Mari's Twitter like header is the six members of the cookout. So we it are is, talking yes. to the expert of all experts today. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Big shoes. So, you know, before we get into what's going on with the show this season, which is amazing, we need to dive into some Big Brother history and the fact that this show has a pretty racist history. Can you set the scene for us? Well, well, like, uh, I would just like to point out, I love Big Brother. I've been watching since I was like, like 
14. I think I started with Big Brother 5 or something like that. And then I worked my way up to now and gone back, watched numerous seasons. And like, my point of view, of course, is from a fan perspective. I, you know, I've never been on the show. So this is from my perspective of watching not only the shows, but the live feed. You know, I am a podcaster. I, I cover Big Brother on the Rob Has a Podcast Network. So the last 22 seasons of Big Brother, like there have been just various degrees of like microaggressions, bullying, racial slurs and abuse aimed at Black house guests, you know, and the show itself is just you don't want to, I hesitate to call it a racist show. You know what I'm saying? Because like when you start saying stuff like that, people's ears kind of like, you know, shut off in a sense, but the history of it has just, it's like, it's right there. So in the 22 seasons, minus this current season, normally you only have one to two black people cast like per season. And because of this, you get like tokenism, right? And tokenism can often lead to isolation at best case here and bullying and worst case. And the worst case we've, you know, a lot of Big Brother fans will tell you and that we've seen is season 15. Season 15 is the most infamous season. People call it the most racist season. It is literally the reason why on the Big Brother live feeds that there is a disclaimer about what the contestants say on the show. And I'm sorry, just for any listeners who don't watch Big Brother, Big Brother is a a show. It's a reality TV show that's happening right now in real time. And you can watch them on what's called the live feeds 24 seven, like every day week from, and it's like 99 days. So from day one to day 99, you can just see it all basically. And just us seeing all of that, we've seen the biases and the prejudices from so many house guests. And it really affected a lot of viewers like myself who are black and who have to sit through this season after season after season. And I just want to wrap it up by saying Big Brother has in 22 seasons has never had a black winner. They've never had a black winner. There have been three winners who are, who are people of color, but We've never had a black winner and often the playing field has never been leveled for black players. So this is why this season has just been so monumental to watch. Yeah. You know, I think we can all agree that like reality competition shows in general have a pretty fucked up history when it comes to race, but it seems like Big Brother in particular struggles with this. Now, you've already mentioned the issue of representation, like not casting enough uh, black contestants, but it seems like there's also something about the mechanics of the game itself that lends itself to racism. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes. And and like I kind of hinted there earlier was it's the cameras. You cannot hide this. You know, um, they do present uh, edited episodes every like Sunday, Wednesday and Thursday. But true Big Brother fans like me, live feeders, we're, we're constantly watching. You know, I have to constantly watch because I podcast about it and we see it all. And when you're when cameras are running 24 seven, you can only hide your biases and your prejudices for so long. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it'll eventually come out and then we'll see it. And other reality shows have the luxury of editing. You know, most reality shows, Survivor, The Challenge, Amazing Race, they're produced months in advance. They're then edited down. And 
they normally edit out those really unsavory parts, especially if those unsavory parts are coming from your winner. You know what I'm right. saying? Yes. And Survivor itself, we've had several Survivor contestants, Black contestants, contestants of colors, who have come out and said that they they witnessed and had racism thrown at them while out there, but we don't know because we don't see it on the edited show. So the mechanism of Big Brother in itself leads it to be able to pull the veil back on what we're seeing in, in that house. And, you know, now I want to move on to what's going on this season because it is absolutely brilliant and amazing. (laughs) Every time I talk about it, I get chills because the gameplay is just so amazing. And this is coming from someone who's only watched two seasons of the show. And I'm like, wow, I need to watch this. But, you know, why it's so big is because we have an alliance known as the cookout. How have these contestants taken matters into their own hands? Can you describe what they've done? Yeah, so most of these contestants, like most of them this season in itself, which had really great casting, are all like fans of Big Brother. And the six members of the Cookout Alliance, Black contestants, they're fans and they know there's never been a Black winner. So they initially just kind of made a pact to not target each other, but it grew into an alliance called the Cookout, and their mission was to ensure that there was a Black winner this season. And they got to the final six completely intact. There are only six people left in that house. Well, you know, no spoilers. I don't want to spoil what happened (laughs) last night for some people. And um, now we will have a black winner for Big Brother 23. And it's because of them. And it's because they made a concerted effort to make it their mission to have a black winner. Mm. And, you know, there are so many reasons to be fans of this alliance, one of them being the fact that it's just an ingenious strategy. Can you explain exactly how the alliance is working? I believe that they've all made kind of fake outside alliances to kind of cover up their main alliance. Yeah. So what they've done is they've um, utilized what's called like the plus one strategy or also known as the parachute strategy. It's not new. Right. But they have executed it the best. So what it is, is there are six members in the cookout. They all had what is called a plus one. They all picked somebody else in the house who they connected with and that they game played with. They did strategy with. They made other fake alliances with. That person was basically seen as their duo in the house. So to people who don't know the cookout, they look at, say, um, contestant Tiffany and Claire, and they're like, they're a duo. So if they ever want to target them, either one of them, you know, you got to put them both on the block. But the cookout strategy is, yes, we want you to put both of them on the block. That way we have the votes to keep Tiffany safe and vote Claire out. And that is the genius execution of this strategy. And again, like I I just want to point out, it's not new, but they really have just executed better than any other alliance in history. They are the only alliance who got every single one of their members to the final six, you know, to just being them left in the house. And they did it also, I would like to point out, by never being in the same room together until the final eight. They knew that they could never be seen together in a room because they didn't want people to catch on to them. Everybody who got voted out, this alliance was concealed until it was just them. Nobody knew until it was too late. And and that really is the amazingness of it. And that's where they're getting so much praise. And, you know, it's so wild, too, because Big Brother has now entered TikTok. Like, it's going viral on TikTok because of it. And a lot of the clips I've been seeing recently are people not in the cookout slowly starting to realize what's going on, but not really realizing. And But they know something's happening. And it's absolutely wild. Has there been re- Reaction from people who've been eliminated? Have they been like, wow, that is great gameplay? 
Yes, yes. A lot. Um, Again, if you go and watch last night's episode, they did a whole jury segment of all of the people who have been kicked out since jury. And literally, there's a whole segment of them just putting the pieces into place. And it's really just been (laughs) really, really amazing to watch. And it's just really good because everybody, they thought that they hated each other because they, they did a good job because most of them you know, they did fight. They did fight with each other because that's another one of the things that I love about the cookout. They're all very different people. They're very different people. They're all black, but they're all different. And I love that. Like, that's one of the things we don't get in reality TV. I don't get to see six different black people who all come from various different backgrounds. And it's so much diversity just within that group. And that's another thing that I really love. And I'm so grateful to see the season. And because of that, they did bump heads to the point where other people thought that they could never they're like no they wouldn't work together they're bumping heads you know but like we like to say every cookout does have a family fight or two so uh it it worked out that's how they help conceal it all right well we'll be right back with more on the big brother alliance that is rocking the world right now it we're tired of hearing new year new you fat burning secrets and lose weight fast the only thing you need to lose is self-doubt the body you're in deserves respect love and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra it's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market it's time to feel real support from she fit save ten dollars today at shefit.com 2022 Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Thursday, February 10th, kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player. Delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Presented by Nationwide and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022 delivered with Uber Eats will be revealed. NFL Honors, presented by Invisalign. Thursday, February 10th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. All times live except in the Pacific Time Zone. Welcome back. We're talking with Big Brother superfan Mari Forth about the show's groundbreaking new season. You know, inevitably, there are some people who are not happy about what's going on right now, including some OG Big Brother fans. So what are people complaining about online? Um, a, people, a lot of people are complaining that the group is racist, uh, that they are voting people out due to the color of their skin, which just simply isn't true. Just like any other alliance that's ever been in every season, it, it was based on protecting each other. You know what I'm saying? It's protecting and looking out for each other. And they've never excluded anybody. Like even when they had their plus ones, you know, who were, you know, basically all non-black, of course, they always work with them. They always 
always they actually truly cared for their plus ones. Um, we never saw any isolation, any bullying. They never harassed any of the non-black house guests, which we've seen in previous seasons. We've really seen in previous seasons people be ganged up and bullied. Again, racial slurs being lobbed at them. And the cookout is nothing of the sort. It this is not about like oppressing the non-black people in the house. It's about empowering themselves. And that is honestly the true difference between this alliance and some of the other alliances that we've seen. And to the OG, if they're really OG fans, they would know that modern Big Brother in itself has forced house guests to create large groups to protect themselves from the twist. And this same thing has happened for multiple seasons. The only difference is this alliance is black and there's enough of them to finally be able to give them a fair, like a playing field because there's more than two of them in the house. Some of the older seasons, a lot of black players made it further because the gameplay was different because it you weren't reliant on large alliances. It's been in the last 12 years that really, because you have to get into a large alliance, normally the large alliance is non-black, it's, it's all um, house guests who, are, who, are, who aren't black or mostly not house guests of color because of, you know, how they mesh and having the same backgrounds and stuff like that. And because of that, then you'll see your black house guests getting voted out because they can't fit into that group. So this season was just great because they still didn't come in the house with a majority. There's six of them. They started out with 16 house guests. There were six black house guests and they still had to maneuver their way to get down to being into a majority situation. So that's why it's just, it's just amazing to watch. And it's, it really is nothing we've ever seen. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of the day, we're poised to have our first black big brother winner. And you know, it took us 23 seasons to get here. Do you think the franchise has changed for the better? Or do you think CBS will learn nothing from this? <laughs> well, CBS, they now have said that they are going to have going forward for all their reality TV shows, they are going to have at least 50% of BIPOC um, diversity in their casting. And that's mostly due to the survivor diversity campaign and campaign from other contestants who were previously on the show to include more diversity to give diverse players a chance. Because again, you know, you just can't do anything if you don't have enough people that can relate to you, you know? So, I mean, it seems like they are putting their money where their mouth is as of right now. So you have to commend them for that. And I, again, I, I need to commend all of the, the people in the back who signed those petitions, who made that initiative happen to kind of get CBS to acknowledge their diversity issue. Okay, Mari, one final question, and you can only have one answer. Who do you want to win? Well, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Because <laughs> my favorite just went home last night. <laughs> okay, so who do you think yeah. is going to win? I think Xavier is going to win. I think he is just in the best position right now to win, and nobody seems to be stopping him. So I think it's going to be Xavier. Oh, amazing. Well, seriously, Mari, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, I would just like everybody to check out the Black Voices of RHAP panel about diversity in reality TV. It's on the Rob Has a Podcast YouTube page. You can just type in Black Voices of RHAP and it'll pop right up. Also on the Rob Has a Podcast um, 
YouTube page, there is the Black Voices of Survivor, where contestants from Survivor, Black contestants from Survivor, talk about their experiences on the island and with Survivor production. And they honestly have just way more insights than I do. And it's such a good listen. Just everybody educate yourself on diversity and how it only, you know, helps and expands and opens doors. And even if it's just on a small little TV show, you know, it every little bit counts. Oh, thank you so much, Mari. I can't wait to listen and I can't wait to watch Survivor. (laughs) That's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. And remember, it shouldn't have taken 20 plus years for there to be a black winner on Big Brother. No, it should not. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bowser, Jess Goodwin, and Erica Nedinin. Special thanks to Samantha Hennick and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. Is this Michelle Trachtenberg? I'll never tell. Hey, I'm Taylor Momsen, and I played Jenny Humphrey. Hi, I'm Sebastian Stan, and I played Carter Payson. That was one of the reasons I liked the character Jenny so much, is that she was very relatable. The whole thing was such a joy for me to do, and I was just so thankful that people responded the way they did to what we were doing. This really was just, like, wonderful. I, like, have, like, warm feelings inside. Yeah, me too. I'm giving you air hugs. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network.